Hello and welcome to True Crime Diary, in which we take a light-hearted look at a serious subject. Every two weeks we look back through the stories of true crime to find an event that took place on this week in history. I'm your host Mark Decano and with me as always are my friends Jed Lester Hello and Rue Turner. Hello. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you can and if you can't you can always email us to stuff at truecrimediary.co.uk and in appreciation of every five-star review we'll give you a shout out on a future episode. I've had an email here from Javier. He's made a couple of observations. Uh, The shark's arm episode, he uh, asks how big was the arm. By that I mean, did Jimmy Smith become a lightweight boxer before or after the severing? That's true. Good point. I'm assuming that he was lightweight beforehand. Afterwards, he would have been featherweight. I see. Yeah, equally, he would have... You know what boxers are like with their nicknames. There's no way that would have gone past in uh, um, Jimmy... (laughs) What was his name? Jimmy One-Armed Smith. Smith. <laughs> you know, they, they would have utilised his appearance. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, one of one-armed, one-armed boxer. <laughs> that would have been quite the novelty. Well, there's, um, I've, I've forgotten the name of the thrash band now, but there's a one-armed drummer who's... Yeah, yeah, one Def of the, Yeah, Def Leppard, one of the best drummers in the world. Yeah, Def Leppard. Well, you say that. The best one-armed drummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. He, uh, he goes on. Oh, yeah, yeah. He then refers to the H.H. Holmes episode and he, he expresses his concern for you, Ru. Oh, that's he, uh, sweet. That's touch- very kind. Yeah. He said, he said he's a touch concerned that, um, when, that when you stated, it's very tricky to burn bones in a fireplace, <laughs> even children's bones. God. <laughs> See, when someone else writes in to point that out, it then, strangely <laughs> enough, sounds very sinister. <laughs> yes, yeah. He does suggest that it's the kind of statement uh, that someone <laughs> is reserved for the authority of people who've tried it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is fair enough. Well, yeah, it is they very are, They fair are enough. easier to grind up afterwards, though. The children's <laughs> bones break down under uh, a hammer much yeah. easier. Again, than... again, hammering, again. hammering the nail. <laughs> and indeed, the bones. <laughs> uh, but he does end on a final point, uh, which uh, quite rightly he suggests that Holmes's murder castle. We were talking about the name of it. Yep. He suggests the killer villain. Yeah, oh, that's I not know. bad. So I'm annoyed by yeah, that. Pretty good because I because <laughs> you didn't. Think yeah. Of it. Well, I I did uh, I, I did say it. I'm I'm going to argue my corner. <laughs> and I know no one's just because the two words may have left your mouth on the same day doesn't <laughs> I, mean you can strike a claim to having said the phrase. I know no one's complaining that I didn't say it, but the uh, come up with that. But the I did it. I did say it. I said something like "killer something." I put a word in between. I can't remember what I said, but I'm still annoyed that I didn't say the phrase <laughs> "killer villa." Insert but just, rewind I would, sound and edit here. Yeah, yeah. But I was main. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go back and republish. I was it mainly annoyed by the by their P, the hotel's PR and marketing. <laughs> uh, company yeah. who were just not good enough and Murder Castle yeah. is pathetic. Get, is. get rid of Absolutely, them. Yeah. Rescind the contract. Murder Castle is a, is, a, um, is a feature, a caravan park. Yeah, yeah. it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a water slide. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, <laughs> uh, so that uh, other, thanks very much for your letter, Javier. The, um, I reckon we're dangerously close to needing a, a jingle. Really? Yeah, letter uh, to do with letters. A letters yeah, jingle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's needed. Should it be a jolly, a jolly um, jingle or a? 
Yeah, well, I don't see why it would be. Is that in keeping with our um, brand? Do we have a brand? <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> I think the, a jingle is the, our next step. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, if anyone wants to write a jingle and send it in, then great. Uh, I'll take that under advisement for another, a year yes, from now bye, when bye. we get our next team out. <laughs> So the date we're looking at this week is the 4th of June, and in 1889, three young boys playing under the Albert Bridge on the Thames near Battersea caught sight of an object lapping against the embankment and were horrified to discover human body parts. They brought it to Scotland Yard where it determined it had been in the water for 24 hours at most, and it was the first of a list of parts that turned up on the river. Let me guess in the list. I'm thinking a couple of arms. You'd hope, you'd hope <laughs> a couple. More than one leg. <laughs> it's only like the shark arm yeah. case, there's three arms. And somebody wrote this list afterwards, I'm hoping, and not like a yeah. shopping list of body parts they hoped to find. <laughs> it was a checklist. It goes, arm tick. <laughs> Seven days later, the London Times reported as follows. Tuesday, left leg and thigh off Battersea. Lower part of abdomen at Horsley Down. Thursday, liver near Nine Elms. <laughs> Upper part of the body in Battersea Park. Neck and shoulders off Battersea. Friday, right foot and part of leg at Wandsworth. Left leg and foot at Limehouse. Saturday, left arm and hand at Bankside. Buttocks and pelvis off Battersea. Right thigh at Chelsea in Bankwood yesterday. Right arm and hand at Bankside. Oh yeah, that was a good night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you suggesting that that made up one person? That was one person. That's, a, that was that's an person. extensive dismemberment, isn't it? Yeah. yeah to separate the buttocks. So. <laughs> oh, well, one buttock. One buttock. Uh, oh, no, two buttocks. <laughs> the only thing I'd say is that didn't that happen quite a lot? Just stuff washing up um, <laughs> of a well, horrible nature? More than you might expect, to be yeah. honest. Arm, elbow, knee, nose. But did all that big list that you said in a... In, a, in, a, in an official style <laughs> accent, yes, that that yes, made up a person, it. did it? That was a person. That was wow. a particular individual. She was a woman. Mm-hmm. She was 24 years of age from County Cork in Ireland. Yep. She was approximately eight months pregnant. Oh, you did. And her name was Elizabeth Jackson, although her head was never found. Wow. She was identified. She was uh, a homeless prostitute living in Chelsea. How would you be Is that identified? a homeless prostitute in the sense that she was a homeless prostitute? Or is that homeless prostitute in the sense that she was a perfectly average woman living in London, just simply described by police? <laughs> well, yeah, you raise a fair point. But the natural fact, she was called a homeless prostitute because she was a sex worker who had no fixed abode. Fair enough. Okay. And how do you think they would have found who it was? That that was Elizabeth. There was an inquest, and they, despite having no head, yeah, they, I did have that. Well, you've got it. That she, you've got the head. Yeah, <laughs> yes, in <yeah>. the fridge. <laughs> yes, of course. I've heard the same rumor myself. There was a childhood scar on uh, her wrist. Oh, okay. Uh, the pregnancy narrowed it down. Yes, but yeah, uh, there was um, there was a garment found wrapped around one of the body parts. All of these little uh, added up ten, uh, helped identify. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, in a particularly 
ironic or perhaps deliberate twist, Elizabeth's right thigh had been thrown over the wall of the estate owned by Percy and Mary Shelley, oh, who of course wrote <laughs> Frankenstein. Oh, wow. I think that was accidental. That gives me an, an idea. Oh, I have my story, you amazing puppet shits. <laughs> yeah, well, I think she'd already had. I think the reason they had the estate is because she'd already written the book. Oh, right. Oh, okay. It might have been a nice. It was a, it was a homage thing. <laughs> yeah, here's fun. I know someone who'd like talking about body parts. Here's one for you. Oi, Mary, here's a thigh. <laughs> have a load of this. A thigh. <laughs> <laughs> a thigh. If you found a thigh in the river, <laughs> would you know it's a thigh? I would say no. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. Would you? A thigh. Well, you would. Obviously. <laughs> we know you would. You're... I wouldn't know it was a thigh. I said, "Oh my god, look at that thigh!" You have beautiful thighs. Because you'd you'd know it was <laughs> part of a body, and it certainly would be fairly meaty for somebody's forearm or or for their upper arm. It's either it's either yeah. going to be a really weird looking lamb leg. Well, but my point <laughs> is, did they mix it? Was it the other buttock? Is my point. <laughs> Because was, was buttock the attached. Same, it's the same. You said. It, you, did you say only one buttock? Pre or post buttock? Only one buttock was found. Is that what you said? No. Well, the buttocks. The buttocks were found. <laughs> this is a sentence I never thought I'd say. <laughs> the buttocks were intact for the most part. Oh, sorry. So. Uh, okay, I thought you'd, one buttock was found in Battersea, and the well, other. one buttock is very much like another. Well, I know. Thigh I would on, argue it's no very thigh. like a thigh. They're very much companion items, aren't they? Yeah, like gloves. Yeah. You know, you have a left and a right. <laughs> you need you need the bare. If you've got two left buttons, it's, it's all going wrong. Everything's uneven. You're walking in circles. It's crazy. Who's the man? Who's the man with three buttocks? Why is why man? is that coming to my head? It's a man. That's a Monty oh Python yes, sorry, okay. A man with three buttocks. <laughs> there you go. Could have been him, but it wasn't. Could have it been was him. Elizabeth. Uh, Jackson, is that what you said? I did say that, Elizabeth Jackson. So who who found the pieces? Kids. Children. Yeah, the, the first part was found um, by three kids playing on the riverside. Yes, it couldn't have been all then, otherwise that would have been very suspicious. <laughs> that draws to memory a story which one of the other members of this podcast might like to tell. What? Jed, don't you have a story about finding a body? Yeah, I found a body in the Thames. <laughs> really? No, in 1889? Um, did you know about that, Mark? <laughs> I don't think so. This one was all together, wasn't it? It was the all together. Um, yeah, I did find a body in the Thames uh, when I was about th- uh, 13 or something um, at Richmond Lock. And the. Did you? I, not, I must have mentioned this to you because I was a hit at school Probably. for about three three days. Um, <laughs> three days <laughs> yeah well, I probably less than then they moved actually. on to the next body that turned up <laughs> <laughs> no they met, moved on to the next cool occurrence because I was deemed cool because the next um, cool thing so yeah, like the Empire because, Strikes Back coming out or something <laughs> yeah or um, I don't know the new uh, whatever Stevie scale, found a porn mag under scale, a bush <laughs> yeah porn mag on a railway side a scale electric or something yeah yeah but the, um, right. well, I was coming back from uh, the swimming pool uh, with my friends, two friends, Spencer and David, and we were walking over Richmond Lock, which is in southwest London. And I've, I vividly remember it to this day. I remember pointing to the water and saying, "Look, someone's chucked a load of clothes in the water." And they were like, "Oh yeah, look, some clothes." And then I said, 
hang on, there's there's a there's a body in those clothes, and the <laughs> and anyway there was it was kind of facing down and floating and stuff. Mm. Some river police yeah. are stationed in Richmond. We got them over and they dragged it out because at the time we obviously didn't know uh, mm. what gender, but we were convinced it was a bloke, and um, it got dragged out onto this kind of bit of concrete uh, near the water side and we were still up high on the bridge looking directly down onto it had a perfect view mm. uh, and apart from the fact that we weren't allowed anywhere near the dead body not that we wanted to go there and it was kind of dragged out by the scruff of its collar kind yeah. of on its front mm-hmm. and we were going oh, blimey look at that and then by the police so mm-hmm. and then um and then it got di- absolutely directly below us and then, and then it got turned over, turned over onto its back. And then, <laughs> as the police officer turned it over, it obviously turned over and looked and looked directly up and looked directly at us. <laughs> and at, to to a man or to a boy, we all screamed like <laughs> Shea Stadium Beatles fans. Um, because it, which this was visual because I could do an impression of it, but it it literally literally went. <laughs> I like, I've just done the impression, everyone, um, and uh, and literally looked us in the eye, and we all went ah. And then, obviously, we didn't mention that at school. But um, yeah. we then went back home to my house, and I remember Spencer was telling everyone on the way, just random members of the public, <laughs> just going, "You never guess what? We've just found a dead body," and these people are going. Uh, right. Um, okay, and carrying on walking, obviously. Yeah. Anyway, and then it got round at school, and for about, as I say, for about it probably wasn't three days; it was probably a day. The we were deemed cool, and these kind of like hard kids were coming up to and going, well, "Are you the uh, Are you the bloke who found the dead body?" I'm like, yeah, I was. And he'd like, "Yeah, good on you." And he'd like, <laughs> well done. He'd like, he'd like kind of fist punch. Yeah, kind of punch my shoulder in a. A tap, tap my shoulder in a we're mates kind of right. way, and that lasted <laughs> for about a day. When it was, I was back to back to normal, so to speak. Yeah. And then I've been dining out on the <laughs> tail for uh, whatever it is, thirty plus years. Eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Well, I thought it was a very lovely story, and you tell it so well. Such enthusiasm. But I'd just like to say I'm uh, hopefully I'm not a, a suspect is what <laughs> yeah. for the murders you're about to elaborate no, on. No, quite right. I've never done nothing. I found a body. Did you? Okay. Well, I saw the police pulling a body out of the river crane, which is the yeah, yeah, yeah. in the village Near here. here. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I would have probably been about 10, 11. Oh, actually, I forgot to say, the um, it turns out in the local, because we didn't know any details, yeah. in the local paper the next week, it turns out it was a uh, a woman, basically. Right. And we, th- we thought it was a bloke, because obviously being in the river for quite a while probably mm. evens things out. But the only thing I remember very clearly is that she was absolutely the whitest... The whitest of white, you know, oh, a yeah. white sheet, a white sheet colour, yeah. like really ghostly. Mm. Anyway, and that's why we screamed when she, 
She looked at us. She stared into your face. I don't know that she looked at you. Her eyes pointed yeah, in your she direction. She did. She absolutely looked at me. Now, she might have pointed. No, no. She the, um, Jill, get him. Oh, the, um, so anyway, yes, you, you, they hauled someone out of yeah. the crane, did they? Hauled them out, done it over man and woman. And I was there, age 10 or 11, just went, oh. and then I went home. Yeah, interesting. Rue, on the other hand, probably put a body I, in the river. I, <laughs> I have no comments to make on <laughs> the location of anybody's. You ever been near the or river their, crane? Or their thighs. Or their thighs. But should you need to get rid of one, I'm... <laughs> I know someone. Anyway, back to the scattered body parts. Well, so Elizabeth Jackson was the only one identified out of a group. She wasn't the only one. Okay. So there were loads more parts, but she was oh. pieced together to be something. No, there were there person. were more bodies, and the bodies there were four. She was the third of four. Yep. That are considered the official Thames torso murders. Right. right. So that's what we're yeah. Thames torso. Right. Okay. Yes. Now, the, the first turned up in the Thames near Raynham, uh, East London, in May Raynham, of yes, I know. 1887, the previous year. And again, several weeks, body parts washed up on the shore of the Thames. What a disgusting, dirty river. It's industrial waste, that. Again, the head wasn't found. The only thing they could work out was it was a woman. They couldn't even determine cause of death. Um, and the only description put on record was that the victim was, inverted commas, found dead. That's it. Naturally. Found yeah. dead. I still think Official it's a... Um, it would have been a very, very, very common uh, occurrence. Not necessarily in bits, but but bodies. I mean, let's face it, further down the river, towards the mouth, an entire town was named after where the bodies used to wash up. At Gravesend, but yes, the but this is that's not that, is it? It's, it's uh, bits. It's it's yeah. All of these bodies were uh, effectively dissected. They were cut, right. cut oh, up. Okay. In fact, one of the yes. coroners involved, Dr. Braxton Hicks, in the in the case of Elizabeth Jackson, he said the body had been dismembered, but the skill was not medical. It was more like that of a butcher or a knacker. The torso has been severed in mid thorax. I was going to ask that. Yeah, what sort of was yeah. it? Yeah, it wasn't chopped up or dismembered. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, dissected so much as taken apart. Taken apart. Yeah. Was he? He was. That was Doctor Braxton Hicks. Was it Braxton Hicks? Because that's a famous phrase. Yeah, I was looking Bra- for that. A Braxton Hicks, uh, but it's to do with pregnancy. I, I wonder if there's. We could probably actually. <laughs> find this out instead of speculate but the, a Braxton Hicks is or moment or whatever yeah. is where you think you're having your baby but it turns out you're not but the yeah. that's got nothing to do with a specialist it's called um, dissecting it's to do with um, false labour it's where you get contractions yes. that aren't yes, to do yes, with yes, the yes. Yeah. so it's called Braxton Hicks so therefore he must have <laughs> I don't think he invented it but he uh I mean, it, it, it's named after him, so he's, yeah. he clearly uh, found out that it was a thing. Yeah. He just did a bit of dissecting on the side. <laughs> yeah. It was, well, he was the, officially he was the coroner, but obviously he, was, he had medical training elsewhere. I haven't got his history. Yes, Braxton Hicks. A second body turned up, um, and it became known in isolation as the White Hall Mystery. Now, this was in September 
the 11th in 1881. Whitehall or Whitehall? Whitehall. 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 As in, as in Whitehall in London. One word, Whitehall. Yes. In yeah. London. Okay. This is all to do with the uh, the same sort of area. Uh, so this is September 11th, 1888. So there's quite a gap between the first and second. Mm. Um, and this yes. was uh, uh, the, on the Thames Embankment near Pimlico. Ironically, not near Whitehall. Yes. Now. Mainly because that's the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now, bear in mind when this is. This is September 11th, 1888. Okay. Yep. So on August 31st and September 8th, Polly Nichols and Annie Chapman have just been butchered on the streets of have uh, they really? East London. Yeah. Which is the apparent which act the Ripper Those victims. Ripper victims. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in September 11th, when a, a right arm and shoulder turn up on the embankment. I mean, you're going to put two and two together, really, aren't you? Exactly. Really? People start to think that this is sure, yeah, possibly yeah. connected. Our friend is back. Hmm. But the double event, which is the Ripper crime where he killed two in one evening, yes. hasn't happened yet. So that's the point at which the Ripper bird, as everyone gets, loses their mind, you know. Sure, yeah. So this yeah. is just one of the characteristic aspects of a Ripper murder is that it's quite surgical in its quality. Well, yes and no. I mean, they say he would have had um, an anatomical knowledge, but again, right. some of the cuts were quite quite frenzied and vicious. Okay. Know? So All some right. of them were quite jagged. So it's it, it's anatomical knowledge, but not necessarily medical precision. Right. Okay. So it doesn't exclude him in that sense, then. Doesn't exclude him. No. Is it? Is it? Could it have been, or was it put down to, of the, you always mentioned copycat people. Yeah. Would it? Could it? Could it have been someone who's going? I'm going to do a river version of what he's done. <laughs> well, they'll I mean, call me the River Ripper. It's yeah. not. It's not an impossible idea, certainly. Jack the Rip Tide. Tide. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, the obvious thing to frankly jump to conclusions to mm. is the fact that it's another victim of Jack, basically, isn't it? But. Yeah. Well, the first conclusion everyone jumped to was it was a medical student playing a prank. Oh, ha-ha. Well, because weirdly, that was the go-to when you found a body part, apparently, at the time. You found an arm or something, they go, those medical students. students. (laughs) Bloody students. Bloody students, isn't it? Leaving cadaver pieces lying around. They think it's a joke. Well, it isn't a joke. I know what a joke is, and this isn't it. We think finding a traffic cone on the on the <laughs> on your fence at the end of the road is is trouble. Yeah, yeah it's right. the precursor of the traffic cone prank. Never had the... to deal with somebody's leg in your garden. Yeah. So previously dead things that were going to be studied upon were then used for hilarity. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, okay. So that was the first to go to, and then there was the Ripper connection because of the time. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my, I think that this one was connected to the one, the previous one, because of one thing, which is that the because this was the right arm and shoulder were found, and then a few days later another arm was found lying by the side of the road, and a few days after that a torso was found by a construction worker who had been dumped uh, near Whitehall, uh, Westminster. But what um, made me connect this to the other one was that the, the construction project was for New Scotland Yard. They were building a police station. Oh, wow. And I think that... That's interesting. <laughs> when they dumped the body, the torso, they thought, hello, here's one. Shelley gets her by. <laughs> the coppers can gather a torso. Yeah, 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 yeah. The funniest joke in the world. Wow, wow. 
It's quite sinister, isn't it? Well, it's very sinister, isn't it? Hilarious. Again, this victim was a 24-year-old, but they couldn't tell too much else about it. They couldn't find the cause of death. Right, no identification. No. So we've got two unidentified bodies, and then... How How do they know her age, then? We don't know anything about her. We don't know her name. We haven't got the head. But by the way, she was twenty-four. Yeah, you can age a skeleton. You can age. Not. Yeah, yeah. Can you? Yeah. You don't. Yeah, yeah. You, only the bones alone will tell you that. Yeah. Even then, they knew that much. It just didn't have a wallet on it, you know. <laughs> so we Bus don't pass. Other, other than the mutilation, there's yeah. no pattern here. Well, I suppose gender. Are they all women? They're all women. Yeah, they're all women, and we don't know if they're all sex workers because we don't know because the identity know of them. Yeah, yeah, okay. But we've had two that have had a, an interesting, morbid joke attached to them, possibly deliberately or not. Right. Unidentified, about twenty-four years old, and then Elizabeth Jackson, who we've mentioned, and then there was a fourth one, which is called the Pigeon Street Torso. This is a uh, Whitechapel pigeon, pigeon, pigeon. Yep. Now this is uh, September eighteen eighty-nine, so this is a year later. A year later, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, a police officer found a woman's torso under the railway arches in Whitechapel. Arms were still attached, no legs or head. They never found the legs or the head. Yep. Why would that be connected to Thames' torso? Because it was a torso. (laughs) But it wasn't in the Thames? No, it was under the railway arch, no. But it's considered one of the four canonical Thames' torso murders. Okay, right. Despite not being in the Thames... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and found and, under a under a railway arch. It's the, the Thames torso. Of the three options, Thames torso murders. And not having been fully dismembered. It's definitely a torso, it's definitely a murder. So well, let's put that in the same fold. Right, okay. <laughs> and they never identified the body or the cause of death. Arguably, all bodies have a torso. Otherwise, yeah. they're just limbs. But generally, the whole body turns up, not just a torso. Or with a bit right, of attached, yes, yes. attached limb. So we're talking like a bit of skin. Or, uh, sorry, rectangular meat. <laughs> yeah. Because we're talking no arms down to the pelvis. Yeah. yeah. In, medi- in medical parlance, yeah, a bit yeah. of rectangular meat. I would say it's like a pillow of meat. <laughs> well, I, I'm not coming to bed with you again. <laughs> you no, know I mean it's that it's that size. It's a size pillow. and shape. Meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me- it's like uh, uh, you go to your butchers and you say, "Have you got um, a pillow I'm of meat?" Doing doing something at the weekend? What you yeah, I've got a pillow of meat. Um, <laughs> that's about the size. I'm, I'm holding up a pillow now. Yeah, I, I, I you didn't need to show me a pillow to illustrate what yeah, you. No, I do. I do. I do need to show you a pillow because that's almost perfect. Yeah. The pillow. The pillow murders. The pillow murders are better. Yeah. It doesn't sound so threatening. <laughs> the pillow murders. <laughs> it sounds like you've suffocated someone. It sounds quite yeah. nice. <laughs> Does anyone want, want to see a pillow again? <laughs> Thanks. So you That's need good. a reference. In that short period of time, I, it's gone completely out of my mind. It's fine, it's here. Perfect. Anytime you need to see it, I'll hold it up again. Those aren't pillows. Ah! No! 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 So yeah, so the torso murders, there's four. I mean, as you rightly say, the fourth one wasn't in the Thames, but it's been tied in with the others because obviously they thought that one or more might be linked to the Jack the Ripper killings. But pathologists and police in reviewing it sort of thought, well, maybe it's a Ripper case, maybe it's more likely part of the torso murders. 
does it link in with the white tool mystery etc so there's a lot of to and fro so what you actually have is you have the what's called the Thames Torso Mysteries is actually those four the canonical four which we've mentioned but likewise you also have the the, the canonical five ripper killings now mm. all the ripper killings and one of the torso mysteries are included in what's known as the Whitechapel murders that was all in 1888 and there were 11 of them right gosh there's actually so there's a crossover there's a there's crossover yeah, yeah but that's to do with geography to do with geography yeah yeah okay so all the time yeah and murders yeah <laughs> most if not all of the Whitechapel murders were at one stage or another thought to be Jack the Ripper so it's only reasonable oh, okay. that the torso mysteries were as well yes but um especially when they weren't found in the Thames yeah but the thing is there were other torso murders hang on years before oh okay ah. I see. This, yes. this, this reinforces my theory that nobody suddenly starts yeah. an intensive couple of year murder series you get warmed up to these things you're, you're trying it out yeah. you're feeling out the ground you know you're, are you saying it's connected maybe possibly I mean it's, this is some 14-15 years earlier in 1873 they found a torso at Battersea more hmm. parts later on enough to make a whole person and then the following June in 1874, um, they found a woman uh, in the river by Putney, Putney Bridge. Gosh. But there was a similar story again in 1884 and another one in 1902, so years after. Yeah. So either someone has a very long <laughs> career. Sure. Or yeah. body parts are just turning up all over the city with alarming which, regularity. Which I think is the case, yeah, where, where it just... I mean, or I would say more so whole whole bodies would would have been turning up all the time, but from from people just falling in the river and not being able to swim, yeah. or people several people being drunk and just falling in yeah. and whatever, cutting themselves to but, pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah as as they as they fall, <laughs> falling into the river and chop, chopping themselves to pieces as they fell. I'll cut you to pieces. Yeah, you'd have to do your legs first. Yeah, you, you yeah. cut your legs off. <laughs> And then it's the second arm that's the hard one. I've heard of cutting off your nose to spite your face, but being so angry, yeah. such an angry drunk that you dissect yourself, is quite. And we've we've all drunk so much that we swam across the Thames at Richmond Bridge, haven't we? Well, there is I that. mean, that's that's standard fare. Yeah, but I don't normally have a cleaver in my hand. No, true. I'd um, I'd do my thighs first, just so you could readily identify what they look like when they're separate. Yeah, yeah, because I don't, I wouldn't know what they. I'm convinced I wouldn't know what a thigh looks like. Just look like a big kebab. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like when yeah. they're rotating on the spit or whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah. No onions, please. Quite right. Yeah. Very small pillow of meat. <laughs> I can tell you that the incidences of torsos turning up is not exclusive to London. Ooh. In the 1930s, there were a series of torso murders in Cleveland, Ohio. Gosh, Cleveland, I've been there. I've been to okay. Cleveland. It's just a shame the dates weren't... Go Indians. ...like a, a year later, because then it would have suggested he's he'd, he'd emigrated, but he or she. <laughs> but no, they're decades later, are they? Decades later, yeah. Okay. Go Indians, the, yes, the, yes. The early Go ones Indians. in London were only 15 years before. So this is either a very long career with some break in the middle. The last few months, we've been so busy. Or, or entirely <laughs> underrated crimes. <laughs> yeah, then this man is now at least in his 80s. 
<laughs> killing in Cleveland. Well, I don't know what what happened. What what was what washed up? Well, a number of bodies in mostly the torsos. The rest of the parts weren't found. Uh, 1935 to 1938, uh, cases were unsolved. I can tell you that the man in charge for uh, a period of time from 1935 was head of public safety and therefore in charge of police and fire department was one Elliot Ness. Really? Yeah. Wow. Gosh. He of the Untouchables. Yeah, yeah. Treasury agent. He was at the time head of public safety for Cleveland. And he interviewed Dr. Francis Sweeney, who was a suspect. He interviewed him with a polygraph. He did a lie detector test in the 1930s. Was this, sorry, was this before or after the untouchableness of the <laughs> mafia or whatever he... This, was, yeah, this, yeah. Is, <laughs> this is after. After. So he, you could assume that it was could be mafia, or he would assume Possibly. could be mafia connected. Well, he'd gone from being a treasury agent, he was now a politician. Okay. But we've talked briefly, we mentioned about, you know, the potentially uh, dark humour of the killer in, in where they left the parts. I can tell you that two right. two of the victims, two torsos of victims, were left within view of Elliot Ness's office window. Yeah, right. So someone's obviously there playing a game with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Come on, then, if you think you're smart. <laughs> Come on, harass me. What are you waiting for? Right, right, right. We must assure the listener that no pillows were harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> Fleshy or otherwise. If, if Jed was right about this, this series, would it have been called The Pillow Case? <laughs> yes, it would have. If I had anything no to do question. with it. No question. No yes. question about it. Yeah. PR and marketing. <laughs> PR and marketing are very important. Yeah. For instance, horror. Hor- You've got to get the brand right, Killer haven't you? Man- mansion. What was it called? Killer yeah. Mansion. Killer Cottage. <laughs> in the last. Yeah. The Murder Castle. Murder Castle. Useless. Get rid of the PR and marketing arm of yeah. um, that newspaper. Useless. <laughs> useless. No yeah. brand management at pillow. all there. But yeah, the, p- the pillowcase. The pillowcase. Yeah. Writes, exactly, yeah. Writes itself. Yeah. So very little in popular culture, this being quite so long ago, and obviously in the shadow of the Ripper. Yes. I can tell you that Ripper Street, uh, an excellent television series. Yeah, I really like it, yeah. Yeah, the opening episode of the first series um, starts with Detective Inspector Reed taking over as the new inspector of H Division after the Ripper murders, and his first case is that of the body of a disfigured woman being found. Well, I can tell you that Reed had already been Inspector H Division since before the Ripper killings even began. But uh, yeah, he would have been in charge of the Whitechapel Department that would have been investigating these murders. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's a good um, tangent connection. Uh, my friend who I found the body with, yes, he then got married several years later to an actress, and it the marriage didn't last very long but and she they got divorced and she remarried and she married the actor that is Matthew McFadden who is the star of Ripper Street who played Detective Inspector Reed so I am connected to (laughs) something (laughs) something so that's that's not seven separate what's it called seven degrees of separation Kevin Bacon that's about two yeah yeah Seven seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that's the phrase, isn't it? Um, they, there you go. So that's about two two degrees of separation. There. Wow. Body, marriage, divorce, 
remarriage. There you go. Do you think he tells the same story? So he so say the reason I was cast in this. No, because <laughs> I know this. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm married to I know, someone who my knew a guy ex, who no, saw a body. Been? My my <laughs> wife's ex husband found a body thirty years ago, yeah, yeah. and I felt it was my duty to uh, reprise that role, <laughs> but not scream at the top of my voice when I see anybody. I don't mean anybody. I mean any leave a gap body. <laughs> That's all for this time. If you want to know more about what we've discussed over the course of this episode, just Google it or something. You can see daily true crime updates on our Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. You can email us or you can support the show with a PayPal donation. And links to all of those are on our website at truecrimediary.co.uk. Don't forget to send us a review or post one in your podcast service if you can. And all five-star reviews will get a shout-out on a future episode. Join us next time when we'll be similarly discussing and digressing on another event in true crime history. Until then, my thanks to Jared and Rue. My name's Mark and we'll see you on the next date in our true crime diary.